0: Hi, hello, what's up, and welcome into episode 16 of the Geek Garage Ghosts and Movies podcast. I am Ted, joined as always by show founder David. Hello, David.
1: Hello, Ted. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. How are you?
1: I am fantastic. Uh, a little tired, but I'm excited for today's episode. I'm excited for the movies we're going to be talking about. Uh, they're both fantastic. You're fantastic. I'm fantastic. And I'm ready to get the show started.
0: None of that's true. We're both mediocre at best, but that's all right. I am also excited for this episode of the podcast. We're going to be covering some movies, um, some fairly recent movies, all within the last couple of months, I believe. Yes. Um, Okay. All right, that was good. (laughs) Um, Some of which we covered on the Best of 2019, or our Favorites of 2019 list a couple of episodes ago. Some of which we wanted to see, but unfortunately didn't get a chance to see, um, because... You know, the powers that be were like, no, we're going to do a partial release and then you have to wait another month. You poor people. Right. um, Peasants. So we had to do that. Assholes. Yeah. Uh, We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But first, we want to do one of our new segments that we were supposed to be doing. And I'm pretty sure we have not been doing because we're professionals, you understand. Uh, And that is Quick Hits.
1: To be fair, like we said, we were going to do these new segments in the upcoming year. And sure, we didn't do it for our first episode. But we're doing, it for, we're doing it for the second episode, so, mm-hmm. you know, and and this is all free, so you get what you pay for.
0: Technically, there's a Patreon, so maybe for some of these people, it's not free.
1: Okay, well, this is, the podcast is free for everyone, but the extras, like, the, the, let's just get into the quick hits, shall we?
0: You're right, yeah, let's just, none of this matters. <laughs> First up, uh, the Oscars, the Academy Awards, announced their contenders, the nominees for the 2020, I don't know, whatever year it is for the The
1: 2020 Jerk Fest. Yes.
0: The Circle Um, Jerk Fest. Yeah. I personally don't put a lot of um, stock, so to speak, into the Oscars. Yeah, it's great. Um, Woo, movies that win awards. But a movie's either good or it's not. I don't need an Academy to tell me that. Exactly. That said, uh, they still do carry a lot of prestige around, you know, among the general movie-going, I guess, population, you might say. If you say, oh, this movie won Best Picture, a lot of people are like, oh, that means something. And maybe it does. I don't know. I'm just some jackass with a podcast. Technically, it's not even my podcast. I'm just some jackass on a podcast. It's very (laughs) complicated. There are levels to this. But I would be a liar... If I didn't think it was kind of hysterical that Joker got nominated for like 11 fucking awards and people are losing their minds about it.
1: Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, I yeah. just I literally just looked at the nominations about half hour before we started recording. And that was like the big headline was that Joker got 11 nominations. I was like, well, that's a thing. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, good for the Joker.
0: Like I know you liked the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a lot more a lot a lot more than i did right um i i don't really care if it gets a bunch of nominations or not um i just think it's funny that a lot of people have a lot of emotions about it some of them are like this is the best day of all time which is laughable um and some of them are like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to cinema which is equally laughable because suicide squad is a thing that happened not even that long ago so
1: yes david um, ayer uh you should be ashamed of yourself also simultaneously i'm sorry
0: yes it's complicated. Like I said, there's levels to this, but uh, those are out. We're not going to go over all of them.
1: No, because we're um, not the academy.
0: No, uh, a couple of the movies that are nominated for best picture we're going to cover today. Mm-hmm. That's called a segue, kids. Yes, um, it
1: is. But we we haven't finished up with the quick hits. So... I've already done
0: the segue, David. We can't go back.
1: uh All right. Well, I'll just go fuck myself. <laughs>
0: No, David's right. I totally skipped over the second (laughs) quick
1: It's It's really not that big of a deal. By the time this comes out, it's not going to be a super contemporary thing. But the Morbius trailer just dropped, I believe, earlier this morning. I totally forgot about this movie was coming out. I guess that's not... That shouldn't be a indication of how forgettable this movie is or could be in is. ted in ted's opinion it is it is yeah. a clear indication of how forgettable it will be or can be but in my opinion a fan of marvel and uh of course it's not technically part of the mcu it's just uh in association marvel with the-
0: cinematic universe adjacent
1: right so i i I'm not going to speak on any part of the movie because I'm really not familiar with the Morbius character. I will say that I did laugh quite heartily when I was I started watching the trailer and at the very beginning or towards the beginning it said like from the producers of like Spider-Man Far From Home and Homecoming and Venom and all I could think of was like Sony Studios, like, waving, like, Hey, you remember us? Like, we still do stuff. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, uh, unfortunate. That's the word I'm going to use to sum it up. I don't know how else to segue now that you've ruined the other one that was actually good. But anyway, we're going to be talking about good movies for this podcast.
1: Yes, that's that's what we're here to do, to talk yes. about good movies.
0: Yes, talk poorly about excellent movies. That's That
1: should be the new tagline. <laughs> Once again, you get what you pay for. Put a pin in that. Yep. Five, four, three... Two, one, zero, all engine running. Liftoff. We have a lift off.
0: Today's episode of us talking poorly about great movies, we're going to be covering The Irishman by Martin Scorsese, which of course was one of my top 10 favorites on the episode we did a couple of weeks ago. Um, We're also going to be covering Sam Mendes' 1917, which just went into wide release last weekend. Um, That was also a 2019 movie that unfortunately didn't get a wide release until 2020, which annoys me to no end, Uh, but c'est la vie. David, which one would you like to cover first?
1: uh let's do the irishman first that's what she said (laughs) (laughs) i see what you did there and i'm a fan of it let's let's get going
0: yeah so go ahead and i mean take it away so give out some thoughts
1: sure so i really enjoyed this movie i don't have a whole lot of thoughts on the movie other than like Addressing and analyzing the technical aspects, like I like to do, mostly because you are a little bit more familiar with the history behind uh, this story. Of course, it's not 100% supposed to be factual, I believe, if I am correct in stating that.
0: Yeah, so it's based off of a book of the same name, which is ostensibly a nonfiction book uh, about the character of uh, Frank Sheeran. Yes, yes. Uh, played by Rob De Niro in the film. It is his recollection, but no one who is familiar with the history in an intimate level. So people that were involved on either side of the law in the Hoffa case, uh, nobody really puts any stock into it. They think he's basically full of shit, uh, just to be blunt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, the movie adaptation isn't really necessarily about finding the truth, right? It's not a documentary. Sure. For example. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, it is it's based on a quote unquote nonfiction work that is basically fiction. Right. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like I said, I I really enjoyed this movie. I'm historically speaking, for me, I've never been a huge like mob movie fan. Like I've I, I've enjoyed them, but I've never been like just ape shit over mob movies. But this one in particular, like I mean, it's it's fucking Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and Joe Pesci, and everybody loves Raymond. Uh, yes, and- Ray Romano,
0: who actually is. <laughs> Can act, it turns out.
1: Yes, it it turns out that he can like play someone else other than like the retarded husbands. Uh, Sorry, I shouldn't have said retarded. Um, It's okay. My brother's a retard. Um, (laughs) uh, But yeah. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, back to your original question where you asked me what my thoughts were on the Irishman. Like I said, I liked it. One of my favorite things was. The overarching score, like I know that's kind of a a weird like first thought, but it's it's one of the first things that popped into my head, and I think one of the first things I texted you after I finished it, other than like holy shit, I finally finished it. Like, it, it yes, it was three and a half hours long, but holy shit, I finally finished it. Uh, but yeah, the the overarching score to the movie. Uh, the, that that harmonica riff and just if it, it, it paired so well with like tonally with the movie i i, I thought it was just like hauntingly beautiful um I, I i don't know if you share similar sentiments but i i really liked it
0: no i definitely agree i liked the score a lot um i thought it was like you said sort of out of left field, maybe. A lot of his films don't have original scores, right? Like they don't have music composed specifically for that film. They have popular sure. music. Uh, you know, right. he's famous for using a lot of like Rolling Stones songs in particular. Yeah. Um yeah, so to sense. watch this movie and it have a you know like themes and scores and things like that. Was what's interesting and refreshing. Now there are definitely some of the Scorsese touches, you know, there are the the pop popular songs, the rock and roll songs and anything there, and things like that that work. You know, mm-hmm. because he's a master, basically. But right. um, I did enjoy the the soundtrack and the and the score tremendously as well. The thing I really liked about it is that the you know it's it's about a man's life. It's about the life of Frank Sheeran, and the runtime plays into that. So like you feel the weight of those years. You know, one of the things that got a lot of press and maybe rightfully so was the de aging technology they used on. Um, all three of the main actors, Rob De Niro, mm-hmm. Al Pacino, and Joe Pesci.
1: Yep.
0: Um, mostly with regards to Rob De Niro, as he is the youngest of those three, or at least I believe, uh, in terms of the characters' ages, maybe not the actual humans' ages, but in terms of the character ages, I believe his character was the youngest. So they uh-huh. do the most with him. And then um, he also would go on to be. One of the oldest ones, maybe Joe Pesci's character, um, uh, Raymond Buffalino was older. I'm not 100% sure. But um, anyway, as I was getting back before I got on that tangent and went nowhere, <laughs> the the addition or the length of the runtime really helped to simulate kind of – it gave you that feeling of like the years passing by in the film, right? It kind of right. gave a weight to that. So it wasn't just like, oh, um, we started out and it's – You know, World War II has just ended and Sheeran's coming back from war and this and that. Oh, now it's 1963 or whatever. You know, like there was a real... You almost had to earn it in a sense, I guess, in a way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that Um,
0: makes sense. Which I really dug. Um, I, I saw a lot of people talk about, like, this movie's too long. They should have edited it down. Or it should have been a miniseries. And all those people need to collectively shut the fuck up forever about everything.
1: I'll definitely agree with that one yeah Yeah. i i mean i like it's you you can push pause and come back to it like i illustrated i definitely prefer me personally i definitely prefer to start and finish a movie in one sitting and of course it wasn't optimal for me to do it with with this one unfortunately but it is a thing that people can do. You can push pause or stop it and then come back to it later. We have the technology, so right. we just shut the fuck up and
0: yeah.
1: be a and privileged I mean, it's, asshole. It's,
0: it's one thing if you have something that comes up and you have to pause it or stop the movie or whatever and come back to it. Shit happens to everybody. I get that. Right. It's another thing to make the conscious decision to be like, oh, I don't want to commit to this. Like, you got to earn it, dude. You know? It's, yeah. That's it's art. It's not supposed to be easy.
1: Right, um, I I'm glad that you mentioned the 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 de aging technology that was implemented in this because I I honestly forgot about it. Uh, I I just I, I don't know why because it, it was one of the things that I noticed the most. Maybe because they used it a lot in like the first first part of the movie and then it seemed to kind of like peter out or or they used it less and less or had to use it less and less as you know the the characters got older. Yeah, they but had less
0: need of it, right?
1: Right. Uh, but in the, in the very beginning, you know, when they're like all very young, like I guess in their forties or fifties, or uh, I, I don't know how old they were supposed to be. It, it seemed like that's right around the age though. Um, it, it didn't necessarily take me out of the movie, but it was incredibly noticeable. Granted, you know, like when you slap like anti-aging technology on Robert De Niro's face, you're going to notice, but um it, it, it did kind of like, it almost looked like a cartoon at times, and you know I, I don't want this to sound like a, a knock on Scorsese because it's not, but because uh, honestly, like the technology just isn't there yet. Like it's not good enough to yeah. use flawlessly. <laughs> like n- no movie has successfully accomplished it to where it's hasn't taken me out of the movie where, where I'm like, Oh, this is completely seamless. I totally 100% buy that. This is like a younger version of, you know, so-and-so, but all that aside, you know, I, I, I did, you know, uh, I, I thought it was all right, but anyways, uh, do you, Ted, do you want to touch on a couple of the acting performances?
0: Oh, definitely. Um, so everybody in the film, Brought it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they've got three of the greatest actors of the generation in the three leading roles, as well as a lot of other very talented uh, actors in the, not to be, you know, um, dismissive, but the supporting roles, you know, the lesser character roles. Um, right. So everybody brings their A game. There are not enough words for me to accurately describe how amazing I thought Joe Pesci was in this movie. Mm hmm. I think he's unfairly maligned as, oh, Joe Pesci, he was great in Home Alone, which I, I <laughs> am not a Home Alone fan. I've never liked Home Alone, even when I was the target demographic for Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Pesci's a fantastic fucking actor, and anybody who has not realized that until now needs to stop. And mm-hmm. he brought in the best performance of his storied career, as far as I'm concerned he did get a nomination for a supporting role, uh, for this year's Academy Awards, which I know earlier I said, don't really matter. And to me, they don't, but mm-hmm. to a large part of the movie going audience, like I said, as well as to the industry as a whole, that's a big deal. Um, I don't know that he particularly cares about it when he won the Oscar for, I think it was Goodfellas, He was just like, thank you. This means a lot. And then dipped, which was <laughs> amazing to me that this like, he's a hero basically for that forever. Um,
1: are you saying that he pulled the Irish exit? Didn't. Sh-
0: Are you proud of that one?
1: Yes, I am actually go ahead.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, you shouldn't be, but anyway, um, you know, he was fantastic. Pacino also got a uh, performance by an actor in a supporting role nomination, which, duh, um, mm-hmm. he's, he's great as always. Uh, but everybody brought it. I mean, uh, there was a big, uh, hubbub, on the internet about how Anna Paquin um, didn't have any speaking lines or didn't have no speaking lines or whatever the shit was of that week that people were mad about. Um, yeah. I actually have notes about this. Um, we said this about Margot Robbie when we mm-hmm. did once upon a time in Hollywood. I have said this to other people off the podcast, just in conversation. If you're counting lines from an actor's performance in a visual medium, you're doing something fucking incorrectly.
1: Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty correct. Like I, I, I can kind of see where they're coming from, but you you can't really equate lines to um, uh, giving someone more of an opportunity than the other. Like and to give you not like my word is gold because it's not, but like when I was jotting down notes for the Irishman and I had a tab uh, or a bullet point for acting performances, and then I was going to list all the actors. I didn't get to any other actors except for Anna Paquin. Like I, I yes, Joe Pesci was good. Yes. Robert De Niro was good. And everyone else Ted, just like you said was great in this movie, but Speaking to the level of what Anna Paquin did with no lines, uh, says a lot about her overall performance. Like she had no lines whatsoever and, uh, somehow managed to add so much to the overall narrative, uh, to the story. Like without, without saying anything like you understood exactly how she fucking felt,
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she had like against, six, against her six lines or something like that. Okay, But exactly like exactly you said, you, you knew exactly what her character was thinking. You knew exactly how she felt about things. Like, she literally was the moral center of the film. She was the only person in the movie that understood and accepted that her father was a bad person. Right. You yeah. Know? So... <laughs> I don't know. It it just literally it boggles my mind that that was a thing. And I know everybody's got to be pissed off all the time now, on the internet, and that's how you get noticed. But like, I don't know. There are like real fucking problems. You know, I just do not understand.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's complicated. Remember, that's the name of the show. It's it's complicated. Yes. It's weird. There's there's different levels to this.
0: There are um, levels to y- this.
1: But yes, uh, I, what to to wrap it back around to the positive but i i believe i i don't want to speak for ted but i i i believe she did a fantastic job in oh, yeah. her capacity Phenomenal. in in this role like like i said she uh, w- with so few lines she was she was able to be the moral center like you said ted and and just kind of tether almost tether you back to not reality but like to to the the moral um to, to
0: morality exactly
1: right yeah to to make you realize, cause it, it's so easy in these mob movies to get caught up in, in like what's going on and, and then like root for the bad guy, because that's, that's kind of how these movies go. Like you forget that there's all this killing going on and that's actually a bad thing. Like we don't just go around killing people. That's, that's not something that we do. And all of a sudden she's, she's here in the middle to tether us back to reality and be like, yes, these people are bad. Like despite the fact that, you know we recognize these people as actors and they're acting in this movie but she's i feel like she served a very very important important purpose to the movie and to the storyline that you know uh, it, that this shit's not good <laughs> it's not cool to go around shooting your you know your friends and your enemies
0: yeah yeah
1: but but that's just you know my personal point of view
0: no i agree and uh, you know the morality of the film and and gangster movies and particular uh or gangster movies in general and this film in particular i should say it is easy to kind of get lost in that you know it it's very reminiscent of like what henry hill says in goodfellas he's like you know i wanted i wanted that i wanted the girls and the cars and the money and all that and that's pretty much that all sounds great but then you realize like it, the rest of it's all terrible you know, right. like it's just it,
1: it's all bad. So that's yeah, it comes at such a great price.
0: Yeah, and and really, that's what the movie is about. Like it it doesn't glorify, at mm-hmm. least in my opinion, doesn't glorify any of what happened. Um, it's really not even about the mob. It's about really, it's about the character of Frank Sheeran realizing that he. Wasted his life in an enterprise that didn't care about him and lost the only things that actually did matter, which are family and loved ones. Yeah. You know, it's exactly. really a story about a father losing his daughter or, I guess, a daughter losing her father, more accurately, or giving up on her father, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Um, which is why Scorsese is a master, because he did all that. And, oh, yeah, by the way, it's a mob movie. So, <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but like I said, I I really enjoyed it. I definitely have plans to rewatch it, and I'm going to pick a day where I don't have anything going on so I can start it and then finish it in one sitting. Uh, I might even wear a diaper um, so that I don't even have to get up to go to the bathroom. So, you know, there's that.
0: Mm. Good luck (laughs) with that
1: thanks you want to uh segue into our uh next movie or do do you have more thoughts on the irishman
0: i know. final thoughts on the irishman is that it's awesome um you should watch it basically i am pretty much the same thing that i said in the in the of uh, the last podcast we did where i was just like it's it's great watch it i mean what else do you need to fucking hear you know?
1: right yeah <laughs> uh, we we totally forgot to drop a spoiler alert but you know whatever uh we'll we'll put we'll put it in the description yeah yeah, yeah, they should know by now. <laughs> yeah, we 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 kind of we've never really done like a spoiler free version of really any kind of episode. And whether we never or, will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it's it takes all the fun out of it. Like when you can't yeah. talk about specifics in the movie or a comic book or TV show or whatever you're talking about. Like, what fucking fun is that? I mean.
0: Yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's not impossible to discuss films or anything else, you know, without spoilers, but it does take some of the fun out of it when you can't react to something. Right.
1: Yeah. Be like, remember that one scene, wink, wink, non-dod, you know what I'm talking about.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 That said, if you do spoil movies for people who don't want them spoiled, you're a dick.
1: Oh yeah. Go fuck yourself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You suck. Uh, yep. Anyway, that's a good enough segue moving into 1917. Very beautiful. Well done, Ted. Pat yourself on the background. Of the <laughs> um, 1917 is Sam Mendes' World War One epic that just went wide release uh, last week, which would have been uh, someday. <laughs> uh, we'll say the 9th. We're going to say that's not right, but that's what we're going to say.
1: And uh, <laughs> it, it was like Thursday of last week. Yes
0: very helpful Which, david as always thank you
1: yes uh, i added nothing to that it, not it was even
0: a little you took away in fact
1: it was <laughs> okay how's about this for taking away it was january 9th boom i was fucking right in the first place <laughs> all right well you know there that you go
0: matter. anyway just wanted into wide release on january the 9th david and i went and saw it and it was fucking dope
1: yes yes it was i thoroughly enjoyed this movie yeah I have a lot of complicated
0: feelings on this movie. I'm kind of of two opinions on on it. On the one hand, all the technical aspects of it, the cinematography, Roger Deakins remains undefeated. The um, artistic choice to make it appear as all one or two cuts really was um, very well done. I thought that this was... A lot of movies have tried doing this after Birdman kind of popularized it. I don't think Birdman was the first to do it, but it you know definitely popularized it, I think, for a lot of people and brought it kind of into the quote-unquote mainstream. Sure. I think this one succeeded a little more in that aspect. Um, so from a technical standpoint, it was a masterpiece. From an emotional standpoint, I don't think it resonated nearly as much with me as it did um, in terms of a technical achievement. It's not bad by any stretch, but... I just think other movies have done that theme better that like war is hell theme. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think there are much better examples to point to in terms of, you know, successful uh, or I think that there are other movies you could point to that have much more successfully pulled off those themes.
1: Yeah. I, so I, I don't 100% agree with uh, the, 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 the emotional uh, side of of this movie I 100% agree with the the technical uh, your technical um, opinions I I do think that this is an unparalleled, undoubted cinematic masterpiece and achievement. It's probably my favorite war movie, uh, just because of that. Like the 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 emotional side, you know, set set aside from everything. You know, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's my favorite war movie. So uh, Ted, I I kind of understand what you're saying, where it just I don't know, it, it it did seem like it kind of took a little bit of a backseat because they they chose to focus more on making the movie look like one or two continuous shots throughout. <clears throat> but yeah, I I don't know I just all in all I I loved it. I I think they they handled that cut like. Um, right when he, I, I can't remember if he gets shot by the German soldier uh, and, and falls down the stairs or if he like, he's just surprised and ends up falling down the stairs, but that's kind of like the, the solid cut that we get, right? Like mm-hmm. the illness only, only solid cut to black. Um, and,
0: and... N- so it's the most obvious cut,
1: right? You were a you were able to point them out a lot more than I was like a, which I mean I I guess you're just you're just better at that kind of stuff but. I I was more on the edge of my seat, just like stressed the fuck out during this entire movie to be able to pay attention to cuts. Like, and and I think that's the one of the reasons why the emotional side like resonated a little bit more with me is that I was so stressed out during this thing. Like, so the, the emotional moments, like when, uh, when Lance Corporal Blake, uh, you know, met his untimely demise, he, uh i was you know i got a little bit emotional and especially when he just had to like leave him there and carry on uh, to, uh, with the mission like it's just right it was um yeah
0: yeah i mean don't get me wrong like i don't i don't think it was like melodramatic or right ineffective at portraying emotion i, I just don't think that the emotional aspects of it were nearly as impressive as the technical aspects. Then that's not necessarily a knock. Yeah. Um, as much as it is just the technical aspects were fucking magnificent. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, that, that, that makes sense. Um, I think like, uh, what, one, one more note on, you know, the the emotional side of things, uh, it, it's more of like, it's just a more poignant part of the movie where, He he pulls himself out of the river after having to like so it's like the break of dawn, you know, and he's running away from the German soldiers Mm -hmm. from the nighttime scene. He has to jump in the river and he's like swimming and he's like so tired that he's like passing out in the river. Uh, But, you know, he finally reaches, I guess, shallow water or someplace where he can climb to climb to shore. And, you know, after like coughing up water or something like that or trying to catch his breath, like he just breaks down crying and like, I just, I felt that, like, in my soul, yeah. just, like, ha- just the, the combination of him probably just being absolutely fucking exhausted, uh, not being able to process the death of one of his, uh, I'm assuming at least, you know, a, a friend a little bit, but, you know, definitely a friend of in, in, in battle and in combat, uh, you know, and also being shot out like several hundred times uh, and then, you know, having to leave this French girl and her uh, uh, non-biological baby behind um, just the whole, like you felt the whole weight of that, like coming out as, as he like, you know, finally had a chance to, to break down and, 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 you know, show his emotions. Um, that, That was definitely one of my favorite moments of the movie that didn't have to do with the technical side of things.
0: Uh, no, I agree. Uh, I felt that all the acting performances were very well done. Um, the scene that you said where he's crawling out of the river and sort of that combination of exhaustion and fear and just like hopelessness, I guess, mm-hmm. just all yeah. kind of converge in that scene. And then, of course, he stumbles upon the group or at least part of the group of people that he's looking for to relay the message to the colonel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I thought that was outstanding. Um to take a quick detour back to the technical aspects. I don't know that I was a hundred percent right on where the cuts were. I made some semi-educated guesses. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I'd be interested to know, you know, I, I definitely would be interested to see like, or listen to the director's commentary while watching the film just to kind of see, um, where exactly they were. Like I said, I made some educated guesses. Um, I, will, I, I do want to point out one quick thing. Um, the scene where they're in the bunker, the German bunker, towards the beginning, and there's the rat pulling mm-hmm. right. things around. And they see the tripwire. And you know immediately that the tripwire is going to be tripped. Mm-hmm. Um, I was expecting it, and I was expecting even that the rat was going to trip it. And then they were like, no, and boom, immediately. like just It all went to shit, and the tripwire got hit, and they got... You know, hit hit with that bomb and the shrapnel. I was just like, "Damn!" I knew that was going to happen. I was still surprised by it, which to me <laughs> is the mark of a good a good scene.
1: You know? Oh yeah, no, I one hundred percent agree with that. Like we all we all knew it was coming. Like it almost happened in slow motion. We were like, "No!" Right, and, and and then like the ship blew up, and and like. The, the acting performance of him like trying to unearth uh uh, uh lance corporal Scho- schofield's like quote-unquote body you know I mean of course we all know he's still alive uh but you know try tr- remove all the rubble and the, the rocks and whatnot um it, it was it was just nuts like uh yeah so yeah that that part was was definitely crazy um uh I uh, I, I guess on on the note of like gripes this this is fairly minor and definitely like um uh it, not a not a huge deal but <clears throat> um i wish they would have excluded a few shots from the movie in the trailer um from from the trailer rather uh namely the the scene with the the uh that that um comes after the dogfighting when the the german Boy crashes yeah, the German plane crashes, that, and him at the end, like, getting out of the bunker uh, or the trench and running in the field so he can bypass all the soldiers and, and be able to to get there quicker. Yeah, um, that scene I, was tremendous. Yeah, like, I mean, I th- both those scenes were still fantastic, but I felt like they would have been just just a smidge. Like it, it just would have rocked the fucking house for me. If I didn't know that they were coming and I didn't right. know what they were going to look like, but still, like I said, small gripe. Um, the, I, I was still able to enjoy both of those scenes. Like, you know, when I, when we, we saw this trailer several hundred times and I was always excited to watch it. And, and, those were two particular scenes that I was definitely looking forward to. And um, I I guess um, the silver lining of this gripe is that those two scenes definitely delivered. Uh, So.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Um, That's not really a knock on the movie. That's a knock on just, and this is a problem that many, many, many movies have and Mm -hmm. have had for uh, uh, some time now that the trailer gives away way too much.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. always uh, not always, but yes, uh, quite often it just uh, delivers way too much details and info. And yeah, like some movies, they can be deceptive and they use like, you know, major look and uh, whatever technical terms that they have for like, uh, I guess, mis misguiding or misleading or, you know, wh- whatever I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I definitely agree.
0: Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on it, David?
1: Not really any final thoughts. Uh, just go see the movie if you haven't seen it already. And if you ha- haven't seen it and you plan to see it, sorry for spoiling it, but you know, still go see it. Cause it's an awesome movie.
0: Yeah. Um, I-, I would like to echo that. And if you haven't seen it yet and you do want to watch it, definitely try and find it playing in IMAX. Yes. Um, that is my only real regret. in seeing the movie is that we saw it on a, a standard theater screen and it was still great but just like i think i think it would have been nuts in imax Mm -hmm. basically
1: (laughs) oh yeah uh, for sure like it would have been absolutely insane the the theater that we ended up seeing it on it still was pretty big like it was um it was almost rpx size like i want to say it it was pretty close to that size so you know and, and rpx theaters and screens they're they're already pretty close to IMAX they're you know they're not exactly IMAX but uh yeah it it was you know I I'm I'm with you you know I definitely would have preferred to see it in IMAX but you know it's it's just one of those things um so
0: right on Uh, So I guess now is as good a time as any to segue into our shit that doesn't suck segment, which is uh, our really stupid and juvenile way of giving out recommendations for things.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we, we are, we are good at giving out recommendations for shit that doesn't suck. Hence the title. Indeed. Indeed. Yes.
0: David, would you like to
1: go first? Yes, I would. I revisited a movie that I haven't seen in maybe a year or so. But it's, I always love revisiting it, and I was super excited that it was on Netflix. I'm talking about Hot Rod. Um, this movie fucking cracks me up every goddamn time I watch it. Like It is probably one of my favorite comedies of all time. Um, it's completely underrated, uh, and if you haven't seen it, please do yourself a service and go see this movie.
0: I don't know what it is about that movie, but it fucking kills me, too. Like I should hate it because it's dumb and juvenile and all the things about other movies that I hate, but (laughs) it fucking gets—I don't know—it just gets to me.
1: It's it it's just completely ridiculous, but uh, and not the like the quintessential mid to late two thousands comedy movies where everything kind of blurred together and you're just like uh what uh what what are we doing with comedies now like are they all just the same but like this uh, hot rod came out of like a slew of all those comedies and in my opinion just blew them all away because it's so incredibly unique um plus isla fisher is in it so yes, what else is, do you want Definitely,
0: yeah i think the the commitment to the absurdity and to the to the gimmick so to speak is what kind of makes this one work is just it's like it continuously finds new and impressive ways to outdo the ridiculousness from the previous scene and somehow it works i don't know it's 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 dumb but it it works it's it's complicated they're Yeah. yeah
1: yeah like for for probably the best example is the cool beans scene the cool cool beans beans cool beans like so fucking good and like infinitely quotable like if you can find a friend that like where you say cool beans and they go cool beans like they they are your friend for life now so yeah take take that as gospel all
0: right i can i disagree i think that scene doesn't work but i'll, I'll allow it well um, you don't
1: you don't like the line it got passed around the internet like a beach ball at a nickelback concert that was funny
0: but <laughs> the rest of that scene is bad uh, anyway, all right, uh, you're me, entitled sh- to your
1: uh, wrong opinion. Mm. 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 Well, Go, What's what's your shit that doesn't suck? No, I'm gonna. We're gonna come back to that. No, we're uh, not.
0: <laughs> uh, my shit that doesn't suck this week is probably going to be equally out of left field. People will be surprised by this, but it's Point Break. <laughs> I don't care. I unironically fucking love this movie. <laughs>
1: It's it's a good one. I like it. I haven't yeah. seen it in fuck of a long time, but god damn yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's a good movie. I yeah, like it. Yeah,
0: I, I don't give a fuck. I love this movie. Prime, Patrick Swayze, um, Keanu Reeves. It, it's ridiculous and over the top and stupid and god damn it, I love it. Um, has yeah. one of the best line readings in any film ever with Gary Busey saying, Utah, give me two um which i quote basically every day of my life and the day that i don't quote it is the day i hope i die because all the joy will have left me (laughs) but all uh,
1: right well that's something
0: yeah it's i don't know it's it's just i uh i remember that i owned it the other day and i was like fuck yeah i'm gonna watch this movie (laughs) (laughs) and it was a good choice so i did
1: yeah Uh, we we had some good picks for for this episode's um uh, shit that doesn't suck. Typically, it's like Asian cinema and David's jerkoff festival movies. Uh,
0: but uh, to be fair, um, you're only half right because it's been a long time since I suggested an Asian cinema movie (laughs) as you would so uh so put it. But
1: well, still, you know, David's jerkoff movies. um, Oh no, that's accurate. uh, Yes, it is entirely. Um, because my opinions are garbage. Uh, your your once words, again, but my I words. Do not disagree. Yes. All right. Um. Well, I, I think that's gonna do it for this episode, right? Gotta hope so. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I I didn't force you to be here.
0: <laughs> I know. I just couldn't help myself. Right. Uh, okay. Check us out next time when we'll be doing something else. I don't know. <laughs> uh, then we'll have an episode <laughs> about the movies of Kevin Smith coming out. Uh, later in the month of January. And then finally, mm-hmm. first week of February, I believe we will have an episode on Star Trek, which I'm very excited for because, uh, the inner, the deep inner nerd gets to come out for that one. So I'm very yeah. excited.
1: Yeah. That's, that's definitely a episode that's been in the works for a very long time. We, we haven't, we haven't avoided Star Trek on purpose. We wanted to approach it correctly. Uh, I, I haven't ever been a huge viewer of Star Trek. I've, I've seen a few episodes here and there. I've seen a couple of the movies. I've seen the new J.J. Abrams films. But, um, yeah, we're, we're really excited to finally get a Star Trek episode under our belt. And we're super excited for our guests for that episode. Um, I want to go ahead and say it's uh, Mac Elder and his wife Tiffany. Uh, they are both huge Trekkies, and they have differing opinions on the series as a whole. Uh, some, uh, they have you know different viewpoints and uh, similar viewpoints on certain things. But they, uh, best of all, they know their shit. So I'm very excited to have them on that episode. Ted, thank you so much for for bringing that up and reminding me. Um, yes,
0: I am very excited to ask them who their favorite captain is, and then tell them they're wrong when they pick the wrong ones. That's. <laughs> My That well, is my greatest joy in life.
1: But what if they pick the right one? Are you still going to tell them that they're wrong and then change your opinion?
0: The contrarian part of me, which is the majority of me, says, yes, that's exactly what I'll do.
1: <laughs> it well, remains to be
0: seen exactly how I react, but we'll see.
1: Well, that uh, with all due respect, that don't make no goddamn sense. But all right, let, 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 let's just sign off this thing right now, shall we? You are instantly regretting everything, Let's also just never
0: do that again. How's that?
1: Yeah, okay. Well, looks like I'll be doing the podcast by myself from now on, because I've officially scared Ted away.
0: Scared is the word I would use, but you were correct about one part of what you said. Anyway, that's it for us here at the Geek Garage. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you don't regret the decision too terribly. We will catch you next time. Until then, watch more movies, because movies make life better, except David's jerk-off movies, which make no one better, ever.
1: Holy shit, can we just note that Ted repeated the tagline for the Ghost of the Movies episodes and didn't say, like, go do the movies thing?
0: Go do the movies thing, jerk-offs. Fuck yourselves.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, We should have a listener appreciation month because – yeah uh no definitely go do the movies thing um and we love you all go go check us out on social media hit us up uh give us a follow like uh subscribe to the podcast do all that fun stuff and we will see you on the next time bye